everyone. Hope you had a terrific Thanksgiving. Jake Wallace, Lindsey Goff coming to you with an end zone edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. Lindsey, it is playoff time in the state of Georgia. We are starting the state tournament tonight, and it'll continue through the weekend and the first round. So everybody in our area that made the playoffs is in action tonight or tomorrow. And obviously, we've been pushed back a good bit as we kick off the playoffs the day after Thanksgiving. Um, but this is a really exciting time of year. If you're a high school football fan, this is the time of year you look forward to the most. It, it's special. It really is. Yeah, high school, well, any team really always says it's great to be practicing for Thanksgiving. Um, you want to be playing the week of Thanksgiving. And thanks to the playoffs being pushed back due to 2020 and everything that encompasses that, uh, a lot of teams are practicing Thanksgiving and this week. And it, it's fun. You know, you get to eat your turkey, have your turkey nap, um, catch some NFL. And then the Fridays are devoted, well, on Saturdays now, Friday and Saturday, devoted to high school football. You have college games on Saturday. You know, everybody's getting in the holiday spirit. Like, it's all around a really, really, really fun time of year. And you throw in that we have some really good teams in this area, and that just makes it that much better. Yeah, there are two things I really look forward to, state playoff time. And, and one is on the field, and it's just the urgency. I mean, it is your, your season is on the line every time you take the field, and so you can feel that urgency. Every play, every possession matters so much more than it did just a regular Friday night. And we felt a little bit of that the last few weeks as teams really kind of tried to get in the playoffs or win region titles. But you can feel it. If you've been to a state playoff game and, and you and I have done this, you can feel it on the field. You can feel it in the stands. There is an urgency about these games, and that makes them so much more fun for us that are watching. Probably not as much fun for those playing, but this is what you play high school football for. And then the second thing I really enjoy about the playoffs, and you'll see this as teams go deep into the playoffs, is how these communities – really rally around the team. This time of year, as we mentioned, it's normally the final four. This particular Friday is typically the state semifinals. And so teams have gone on runs to get to this point. And you see it every year. A team, you know, does really comes together and brings the community together. Richmond Hill was a great example last year where everywhere you went, yeah, every storefront, every sign was go Wildcats, go Richmond Hill. It's such a cool thing to see communities in this part of the state really rally around the team, come together all for one purpose, trying to cheer that team onto a state title. It's really Americana. It's really all that, but I'm a sucker for it. And it's what I love about this time of year. And hopefully we get to see that in a few weeks and starting tonight for some of our area teams. And what we're watching tonight around the state is what you'll be is really it's a little bit of scoreboard watching upsets and rooting for upsets are some of the teams. If you were a one seed, you don't want to see any upsets. This is you want to see it's win in advance and move forward. The four seeds, they're obviously also rooting for an upset, trying to knock off a, a number one seed. And it's happened. Rusty Mansell of 24 seven sports, this stat courtesy of him. We've had 12 number one seeds lose in the first round the past two years. So it certainly happens. But if you're a two or a three seed, not only are you rooting for a win tonight, you're rooting for an upset for a potential home game next week. And so you'll see a little bit of scoreboard watching tonight. Um, 
we mentioned that urgency, it just brings up so much trying to find out what's happening. What's the score? Who's winning? What is the next thing in the bracket? And so that'll be a lot of what we're doing tonight. Lindsay is trying to make sure that everybody is, is ready to go and, and what's up next for these teams. And if you're rooting for chaos, it's 2020. So it's a pretty likely situation. Exactly. Two teams that aren't rooting for chaos in our area, Glenn Academy and Richmond Hill. And I want to start there tonight um, because these are two teams in the Red Terrors and the Wildcats that both should easily win tonight. They're both playing two win teams that have gotten into the playoffs. So both, both Glenn and Richmond Hill are should win tonight and win going away. Both are about 40-point favorites, according to um, the Maxwell projections. But, Lindsay, I think these are two teams that are capable of making runs. They just have to do it. And, and it's, I'm interested to see how they play tonight, and then we'll see what happens. Um, but we, we've both been a big fan of these teams. We've seen them play a bunch. Just kind of want to get your thoughts on on these two teams in a really tough Class 6A uh, that are going to try to see what they can do and maybe play into December. Well, I agree with what you said, and I've seen personally Richmond Hill more than I've seen Glenn Academy. And I know for Richmond Hill, they came into this season with the expectation that they would make another run in the playoffs. They're an experienced team. They were there last year. They had made their deepest run in program history. And the expectation was that, you make another run. Maybe you don't get, you know, to the final four because that is a tough thing to do, but it was the expectation that they win some playoff games. And this team certainly has the experience to do that. And it's kind of the same with Glenn Academy. They're just both hard nosed disciplined football teams. They are deep in the trenches and uh, can beat you down. And with lesser opponents this week, I think we'll certainly see a little bit of that. The hope, I think, if you're a fan of either of these teams, if you're a coach of either of these teams, is that they're not potentially looking ahead to who they might have next week and a tougher opponent. you got to take it week to week, and this is kind of coach speak. you got to focus on this week's opponent. But it's true. You have to beat this team before you can think about the next one. Yeah, both are in action tonight. And and one of the things, you, you kind of hit it right there on the head, the hard nose. I kind of like think both of these teams have that hard to kill factor. Um, Goes back to what we talked to John Nelson from GPP sports earlier this week. And, and, you know, in football, you hear this all the time. If you have a good line, if you have good line play, offensive and defensive lines, you're going to be a pretty good team. And both Glenn Academy and Richmond Hill have good offensive and defensive lines, but you just look at these teams and what they've done this year, they're experienced you mentioned hard nose. They both play physical style of football. They've really punched up this year. Both open the season with some some really tough opponents going on the road, playing in some some environments that aren't fun to play in. And I think that's just set them up so well for the kind of run that you see this time of year out of teams like Glenn and Richmond Hill. You mentioned Richmond Hill went to the state semifinals a year ago. An overtime loss kept them out of the state title game. Glenn Academy just a few years ago playing for a state championship. I just, I I don't know what it is. I just, I look at both of these teams and I find it hard to find several teams in class 6A that could potentially just run either the Terrors or the Wildcats out of the stadium. You know, 
I just I find both of these teams as teams that are set to make runs because they have all the ingredients, they have all the traits that you would find in teams that may are playing in the Elite Eight in the Final Four. And so I think that's an exciting thing for, for Glenn and Richmond Hill. They both run the football. They're both really good on the front, in the fronts. And they've, they, they've taken on the personality of their head coaches and Rocky Hidalgo and Matt Lazat. And just that hard to kill factor that they're not going to roll over. They're not going to die. You're going to have to beat them. And this time of year when the, the talent discrepancy shrinks, those toughness traits make so much more of a difference. And that's what I love out of Glenn and Richmond Hill um, as we get into the 6A playoffs. Neither of them have easy runs. Uh, when you look at next week, you know, Glenn could host a north side team that many think are better than their record or a Hughes team that has just one loss. Richmond Hill likely going to Westlake. The Lions are number three in the state in class. A. That could be a top five showdown in the second round. But, you know, if they get to those games, which we expect them to, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if either of them beat teams in Hughes or Westlake or Northside, and then, then they're in the Elite Eight, and then, you know, you're three wins from a state title. So uh, two teams that we watch. You mentioned the toughness plays a factor. I think the discipline these teams have also really plays a role. These aren't teams that you see make little small, like, mental mistakes or uh, they, don't, they don't make a lot of mistakes, period. And I think that that also really sets teams apart in the playoffs. You have to – you can't beat yourself. Um, and th- they don't make a lot of those mistakes. They don't have a lot of penalties. And uh, that's certainly a factor, too, when you start – you mentioned the talent discrepancy, and it kind of starts to shrink, and everybody kind of evens out. Those little mistakes can make a huge difference. They say it's a game of inches, and it's true. And don't get it twisted here. Glenn Academy and Richmond Hill, neither are like scrappy little underdogs. They both have a lot of talent. <laughs> right, as well. right, right. So they're, they're going to be two teams that I think we're really going to be paying attention to as the playoffs start tonight. Another team that I'm looking forward to, to seeing, I'll see them in person tonight, are, is the Metter Tigers. Uh, they took over the number one ranking in Class A public in mid-October and haven't relinquished it since. Um, they're at home tonight against Turner County. The, the Tigers have been really tough all year, but especially at the jungle at home. They've allowed just seven points, and they're at home this year, none since September 25th. Um, this is a team, Lindsay, that I've loved, that I really thought had a chance to be really good. I didn't think they'd be this good. They've allowed just 23 points this season. Um, but I thought they had a chance as they stepped down from Class A into Class A public, had a lot returning on that defensive side of the ball. And the thing that makes them so fun to me, Lindsay, is not only are they just a tenacious defense that makes it really uncomfortable on the offense, they hunt turnovers. And when they get a turnover, they're hunting the end zone. Their defense has been tremendous as a second offense for the Tigers this year. And that just, they, they are a lot of fun to watch. And I think they are going to be a nightmare for some teams in this Class A public bracket. I got to see them week one, and I've loved them ever since. They're just, I think you said, hard-nosed football team. And they've, they've played up some, too. So those 23 points, that's not all, like, small schools. They've played some bigger teams. And you mentioned their defense, and they're just absolutely smothering, and they'll just run the ball down your throat the whole game. And 
you can't do much about it. And I mean, they're, they're fun to watch. They're consistent, just a really, really good football team. They're, I mean, they're number one for a reason. Yeah. The, the first time they've been number one since 1982 and they've held on to that ranking, as we mentioned for about a month and a half now. And, um, this, this class, a public bracket, it's small schools, but it's big time football. It's big boy football. There's a lot of really good teams in that bracket. That'll be, it'll be fun as we shrink it down and get to the eight, the, the elite eight and the final four, uh, better hosting a Turner County team tonight. That is no rest for the weary. Um, this will be the third team ranked in the top four. The rebels have played in three weeks. Um, Turner County took on number four, Irwin County last week took on number two, Brooks County, the week before. Tonight they get number one in Metter, a tough three-week stretch for the Rebels, who are going to try to go um, down I-16 and and see if they can knock off the number one team. Um, We'll be there tonight and have the highlights uh, from Metter coming up tonight on the News at 11. Lindsay, we've got a number of games tonight, but also uh, uh, plenty of games tomorrow as Georgia High School has moved Class AA and Class 4A first-round games to Saturday. And so a co- we, we've got six or seven games happening tomorrow, but three that I think are really going to have the attention of the state, including one at, at Buck Cravey Field, an afternoon kickoff between Vidalia and Bleckley County. The second time these two teams have met this year, the Royals beat Vidalia back on September 25th. That was the lost, last Vidalia loss of the season. Jason Cameron's bunch going to try to get a little bit of revenge tonight. Yeah, you can't say enough Excuse about what Saturday, Jason. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. You can't say enough about what Jason Cameron has done with this Indians team this year. Uh, I've said it before, you know, we thought that it might take a couple of years to integrate his system and really get the team to buy in and kind of change everything out. And it really hasn't. It took him a couple of games and the Indians have been rolling ever since. So, um, I doubt they've forgotten that loss earlier in the season. And um, I imagine the last time I was out in Vidalia, maybe two weeks ago, um, it was quite a lively crowd. So I imagine they're rallying behind the team this weekend too. Yeah, region champs for the first time in a, in a couple of years. And um, this is a good Bleckley County team. Um, they're they're going to come in. They, they are the four seed out of that region, but they're going to come in expecting to win and you know, I, we, we talked to John Nelson about this. Blackley County is, of course, home to five-star offensive lineman Amarius Mims. He'll, you won't be able to miss him on Saturday. He will be the biggest guy on the field. And, listen, you don't, it's, you don't run into, if you're a number one seed, you do not run into a lot of five-star recruits. Mims, of course, committed to Georgia. Um, he's going to be an issue. he's just a problem and it's something Vidalia is going to have to deal with. Not a lot of times a number one seed has to deal with a guy like Mims in their first round matchup. So should be a really interesting game Saturday at Buck Cravey Field. One we'll have here in Savannah, actually two we'll have here in Savannah Memorial Stadium. We'll start with the early afternoon kickoff as the Island Sharks take on Hardaway in the class for a bracket. The Sharks, Going 6-1 and one this year, their last game of the season, a 10-7 loss at home to Windsor Forest. How do the Sharks bounce back? That's one of the big questions that I have for this game. Um, we talked about mental mistakes earlier and how you can't have them and expect to go on runs. The Sharks' last game against Windsor Forest riddled 
with mental mistakes out of islands really cost them dearly in that loss? How do they bounce back um, as they try to begin? You know, this team has confidence. They believe they can make a run. They start to prove it on Saturday. Yeah, they've kind of had two weeks of that because they made a lot of mistakes against Savannah High. They were just kind of able to overpower them and take over that game. So was Windsor Forest a wake-up call? I know Islands is a team that we've expected a lot out of this season just based on how good they were last year and then opening this year um, on a run. You know, we expected them to make a playoff run. So tonight will be really telling about where this team is at I think mentally more than even the talent level, because we know that the talent level is there. We've seen it. Um, But are they able to kind of bounce back, refocus and uh, reset for the playoffs? Yeah, it'll be a two o'clock kickoff Saturday at Memorial Stadium. And that's the other question is how does that early afternoon start impact both teams? I mean, these teams are pretty weird. Yeah. You know, the, the, Sharks are kind of used. They've played some Thursday games. They've had their weeks kind of thrown off. But that early afternoon start, um, going to be interesting to see how both teams handle that. Later in the evening, it'll be Benedictine taking on Troop County. Um, and, and I'm interested in this one for a number of reasons. This is a Troop County team that is traditionally have a lot of talent. They're, they're not – this won't be anything new. The state playoffs won't be anything new for Troop County. And the the – this team has won six of their last seven. They started 0-3 and then a final week loss to region champ Carver. Um, but they've won six of their last seven. They're going to come in with a, a good bit of confidence. And for Benedictine, this will be their first game since the day before Halloween. Um, the cadets' schedule has been really a, a work in progress really all season. Um, they played a intra-squad scrimmage last Thursday just to try to get back into somewhat of a game mode. It's something you have to wonder about. How will, will there be rust for the cadets? Will it take them a little while to shake that off? Um, Game mode is, is something that it it takes a little while to work back into. Will it impact the cadets as they host a troop County team that's played pretty good football recently? Yeah, we've had two holidays since we saw BC last Uh, That's another team that we're just accustomed to seeing in the playoffs and accustomed to seeing them win. And the benefit for them is that they are somewhat experienced and they've at least been there before. So while they haven't played in a few weeks, at least they're kind of used to that sort of environment and the stakes being high. So they do have that going for them. But yeah, I mean, we've seen it impact teams all season with COVID cancellations and things like that. And they come back, you know, two weeks later and, have a hard time kind of shaking the rust off and the mental mistakes and um, just kind of getting in a flow. So it'll be interesting to see how the cadets come out on almost a Friday on Saturday and uh, play. Yeah. So tonight is uh, the kickoff of the first round of the state playoffs. Saturday, it continues. It's a weekend full of high school football, a terrific way to kind of just rest up, let that Turkey, let that dressing settle. You don't have to go do much. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this weekend. We'll have the highlights uh, tonight, and then we'll, we'll recap tomorrow as well. Join me for the news at 11 tonight. I'll have highlights and scores from around the area. We'll also look ahead to those Saturday games. 
Lindsay, thanks for the time. Always fun. Thanks. Hope your Thanksgiving went well. Hope your Thanksgiving at home went well for all the listeners as well. Be sure to join us tonight. And uh, we'll be talking to you next week about looking forward to the second round of the state playoffs. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.